Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 72 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the411mania.com website, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review. Back from his weekend vacation slash workcation at WrestleCade, Jeremy Lambert joins me tonight. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Hello. I am good. I am well. Yes, it was more work than uh, relaxing, especially in the hotel that I stayed at. Um, but I'm back. I'm alive, and it was a, a fun weekend. Let's go. I was going to ask if you had a good time. I hope you did. I did. It was nice. I hung out with uh, Sean Ross Sapp of um, the Twitter, I guess, and whooped his ass and some uh, uh, NBA jam. So oh, that's pretty much how I spent my weekend. Good. Beating Sean down. Very good. We, we <laughs> like that. No, that's good. I'm glad you had a good time. Why you were gone, and if anybody missed it, uh, we did. I did a big podcast over the weekend. I uh, had three guests on. I had a uh, Cubs fan from the Lucha blog on. I had Steve Cook join the show, and I had uh, Jerome Kisson. He used to write for 411, and we talked Lucha Libre. We talked the uh, complete breakdown of ROH in the year 2019. We talked about the state of women's wrestling, and it goes almost four hours, Jeremy. We uh, it was Yeah, I, I, I don't have four hours to spare in my life. I will listen to it at some point, but... As I was telling you off air, everyone has a podcast nowadays, and as a news writer, we have to transcribe a lot of stuff. And so, I, I mean, I'll transcribe your podcast for you if you if the if the if the money is right, as I do the Baron Corbin money signal. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a hell of a show. It was. It was a really good time. I, I first time I got to talk to Cubs fan. That was really fun. Um, and, uh, Jerome and I, we did a deep dive into the ROH stuff. Steve and I had a really good conversation on wow. Women are wrestling and the overall state of women's wrestling heading into next year. Uh, a lot of good stuff. I had a really good time talking to everybody and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's done well. seems people really enjoyed the show and I'm glad and, uh, not all fun conversation because of the ROH stuff, but, uh, obviously, you know, stuff that we've talked about and needs to be talked about. Yeah, if you want my thoughts on the ROH stuff, next week yes. when we preview ROH Final Battle, which is just going to basically be a eulogy for that company. Uh, it feels that way in some, in some aspects. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's a, yeah, I had a good time with those three, and I, it was, I thought it was a really strong show, and I enjoyed doing it, but I'm glad to have you back, and I'm glad that you had a good weekend. I did, and... Sorry if I sound dead right now. It has been, we were talking off air, it has been a long week for for both of us. You have more just with going on with family stuff and, and spoiler, or maybe I can, can I say it on yeah, air? Yeah, that's fine. What's going, okay. All right, your, your wife is sick, and I know how, I know that feeling. It is not fun when when the wife is sick because, uh, yeah, being being the caretaker can be more work than actual work, and I'm just dead exhausted because I think I caught, aids of the eye while i was in san or san francisco winston-salem well that's never good so, no not at all i, I um, think we should blame but, sean for that uh that's fine <laughs> I'll, I'll blame sean he probably poisoned me or something 
because you whooped his ass at NBA Jam. <laughs> That's right. We we went to this barbecue place and he ordered uh, a barbecue sandwich with cheese on it, and they bring him a barbecue sandwich with just like two slices of craft cheese slapped on top of it. <laughs> it wasn't melted or anything. Just put two slices of craft cheese on that, and uh, we joked that that is that is how I got. Uh, the, the aids of the eye i don't know how that works but it, somehow it works well it's definitely his fault for ordering cheese on a barbecue sandwich i mean <laughs> i agree i i do agree with that i don't know why a man orders cheese on a barbecue sandwich but uh yeah he's very tall he could beat me up well yeah but still you whooped his ass in nba jam that's all that matters. <laughs> that's true so we're uh we're back to our usual kind of grind here jeremy to start off, something we talked about a while ago when the rumors first popped up, it was officially uh, confirmed on the WWE backstage show, and then WWE announced it. Uh, John Morrison officially coming back to WWE. Yeah, I wasn't a fan that they just announced this on WWE backstage. It, the what PWI reported it like two months ago. Uh, it was in September, end of September, and. Morrison like denied it and then it kind of cooled off for a while. We both thought that he could have been uh, the war games partner for, for team Champa. There's been plenty of times where it's like, Oh, maybe John Morrison, this is going to be his thing, but it's still kind of like cooled off. And even internet fans kind of just for, forgot about it a little bit seemingly. And then they, you know, instead of making it some big return surprise thing, it's just, Hey, John Morrison's back. And they announce it on a show with like a hundred thousand viewers and granted it was on social media. So it's out there and stuff, but I, I thought they could have turned this into a surprise and people are trying to defend it. Be like, well, it was reported. It was online. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Like, yeah, that was two months ago and Morrison denied it. So considering that it happened so long ago, there could have been reasonable cause that, Hey, maybe this didn't actually happen. Yeah. Um, it was out there, and I was I was hoping they would play it for a surprise and kind of make him feel like a big deal upon his return. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of gets dropped close to midnight on WWE backstage. And, I mean, that's, that's kind of their deal now. They're trying to please Fox, and I guess it's fine, but I would have liked to see it, uh, again, be more of a surprise and try to make him feel like a big deal coming back. So, but he is coming back, Jeremy. So, the question is, what is going to happen with this guy? Now, to to kind of backtrack, I mean, this was a guy who they were willing to let walk away when he was in the prime of his career, the prime years, and he, uh, to his credit, he left and he did some really good things in Lucha Underground. He did some really good things in Impact. And he became an overall better performer, I do think, during that time. He's still in great shape, but he is, like, 40, and he has had to have, like, some stem cell stuff done because he's banged up. He had neck issues in the past. So, I got a bunch of options for you, Jeremy, and let me run through them, and let me see what you think at the end of this. Option number one. He's going to go to Raw and get a world title shot, get destroyed by Brock, and fall down the card. Number two, he's going to go to SmackDown, get a world title shot, lose to The Fiend, and fall down the card quickly. 
Number three, he's going to go to Raw and be part of the U.S. title pitcher. Four, he will go to SmackDown and be in the IC title pitcher. Or maybe he goes to SmackDown and reunites with The Miz and they actually win the tag titles. Obviously, he should go to NXT. And then there's the worst case scenario. They designed him to keep him off the market and he ends up on main event like Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> um, I don't think he'll end up on main event like Shelton Benjamin. They're, they're treating this return as a little bit bigger of a deal than they did Shelton Benjamin, I guess just by announcing it on their, their backstage show. And Morrison, like no offense to to a guy like Shelton Benjamin, like he he went away for a while. He he had a fine run in like New Japan and, and other places, but like Morrison really upped his value with his Lucha Underground and Impact runs. Like those were strong runs that you can't really deny. Um, but when you're bringing him back now, like yeah, they could push him down the card or whatever i'm sure he'll end up as like a mid-card guy i don't think he'll be in nxt i think he is more of a i don't know what kind of relationship he has with like Heyman or bruce pritchard and i'm not even sure that that matters at this point because we we think Heyman is high on a guy and then nothing happens to to that person so um i think he'll be on smackdown just because he kind of has that what what brand is the is the Miz on SmackDown? Yes. Okay, I have no idea anymore. Um I could see a Miz and Morrison reuniting. Uh I don't know if that's the the best use of John Morrison, but the tag division could could use that team. Miz certainly as a babyface. He has been dead as a babyface, um, I mean, that's what happens when you lose the Shane McMahon at every turn. But I-, I could see that team reuniting and them doing some some cool segments together, and they'd probably be happy with that because I'm pretty sure they're still friends outside or you know, off screen and stuff. So uh, I think that's probably where. And like it, Ziggler, Ziggler's on SmackDown. Uh, he's friends with Ziggler and stuff. Like it seems like all of his buddies are on SmackDown. So I. Uh, that's where I think he'll end up. He'll end up on the SmackDown tag team mid-card division. That's kind of where I see him as well. I um, I hope that he gets a decent run because I do think he improved a lot since leaving WWE that last time. And again, we brought up the Lucha Underground stuff and the Impact stuff where he did a lot of really good to great work in both of those companies. So, I mean, yeah, he is getting a little older. He's a little banged up. But again, he is in good shape. He can deliver. And I just, I think you can do some stuff with him. I'm not saying John Morrison is going to be like a giant megastar and you should strap him up with the world title right away or anything like that, but I think he's definitely a guy you can do something with. I just, I really fear, though, that they bring him in and kind of lose uh, interest quickly. Like they kind of do. It seems like they do that a lot, and... Every time they seem to be heating up, guy, like everybody kept telling me, don't worry about Cedric Alexander. He's going to be fine. It didn't matter that he lost to AJ like five times. They still have big plans for him. He's not buried. And he's like on main event. And I think he's losing to Mojo Raleigh this week on main event. So if that kind of isn't buried and out of the picture, I don't know what is. Yeah, Cedric losing to Mojo. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, what what has happened? to this guy even somebody like the the street profits it seemed like they were hot and now they're just hawking merchandise backstage it's like okay like what are you doing with some of these people yeah morrison 
look, I don't think they're interested in anybody right now. Like everyone just feels ice cold. They they heat people up at certain times and like, okay, it works for a little bit, but then they, they lose interest again. And Morrison is certainly seeming like he's gonna fit that bill. They got their favorites. We we know who they are. We kind of know who's gonna get the those pushes and and Morrison probably is not that guy, especially at, at his age. But I mean they're pushing Orton and he's the the same age as as Morrison. So I I think he he's gonna slot into that uh, SmackDown mid card tag team spot. You can heat him up at certain points, give him give him a world title shot, but I, I wouldn't suspect he'll be a champion or anything. He he's a good guy to have though. It seems like people really like him uh, you know, off screen and everything. He seems like a, a fun guy and he's he's fairly charismatic. Obviously has a good look and can still work. So like that's a guy you can also use on the road to to help younger talent, which they don't do nearly enough with. Like they run all these shows and they they could give a lot of people nights off and just uh, let let guys like Eric Young and Shelton Benjamin and John Morrison they have more plans for. But the Bobby Roode, Adolph Ziggler, like let these guys just work with some young talent and give them some some of that experience. Instead, they're running Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns to the ground every single night, drawing 300 people. Um, yeah, I, I figured Morrison will slot wherever he slots a mid card tag team scene, and we'll see. But uh, that's that's where I'm guessing. All right, so that will be the uh, interesting thing. I um. I'm wondering when they're going to debut him, um, because, like, it's going to feel kind of silly if he just pops up in the Rumble, like, almost two months after they announce his signing. It's like, that's kind of lackluster. You just should have saved it at that point, but... Uh, yeah. Do you do you think he debuts before the Rumble? I would think so, because I'm with you. Like, if you're going to hold him off to the Rumble, like, why even confirm this news like just hold them off and then you do get the big surprise pop like then you're four or five months out from when it was reported and like the people have forgotten after two months they're really gonna forget when, when you double that time uh and then he shows up and and it seems like a much bigger deal but now you've reported it and then okay you're gonna wait another another month and a half to to have him pop up and it's like why why bother with that i think he will I think he'll debut by the end of the year. He'll probably bring him out on some like taped show. Uh, they're probably they're taping shows for the holidays, aren't they? Are they taping Raw? Um, if they are, or are they taping SmackDown for the holidays? If they are, then they'll probably bring him out on some tape show where they can edit his pop. So it sounds like he's a bigger star than he is. Fair enough. All right, time to get into the business end of the show, Jeremy. Our weekly AEW and NXT reviews. For December 4th, 2019, we start off with AEW Dynamite. Kicked off with six-man tag team action. Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks defeating Santana Ortiz and Sammy Guevara at 11 minutes via pin. Uh, first of all, Dustin Rhodes, I just have to say, was fucking awesome in this match. He uh, he came out in Young Bucks-themed gear tonight, and the man was moving at like 100 miles an hour at points. He was just motivated and looked so happy and like he was having the time of his life out there. And I love seeing that in an older performer because obviously we talked about Dustin. We have a lot of praise for the guy. He's really good still. And you put him in the right spot, like six man tag like this. It not only works out well, he can deliver. 
Um, I thought this was a great little opening match. Again, 11 minutes, just all sprint, balls-to-the-wall action. Thought everybody worked well together. I thought everybody delivered. The crowd was really into it. And Dustin just, again, looked extra motivated, and it just came off as a ton of fun to me. Really enjoyed this match. I'm with you on Dustin. I mean, all of these guys looked uh, motivated, but it was complete action, which is kind of what you expect from Dynamite nowadays with their their in-ring product. Um, they just, you know, a full-on sprint to start the show. The only stuff I really didn't like, like Timmy Guevara hits a 630 and Dustin kicks out of that. Like, that seems like it should be a finish. And this is a complaint I've had about AEW in the past. Like, it's cool when you do roll up stuff and like non finishers as your, your finishes, but th- this is certainly a problem in, in young bucks matches. And, and this is, and this just seems to be a thing with them is they, they do a million moves and they're kicking out of a million moves. And it's like, you, you've got to protect some of this stuff, like a six thirty by Guevara on Dustin Rhodes, Like, that should probably be the finish. I don't even know what Guevara's finisher is, um, but it seems like that would be a really cool one to have. Uh, so I, I didn't like that. And Guevara just overall seems like kind of a geek, uh, especially in the the inner circle. And like if that's his role, fine. I thought they kind of had bigger plans for the guy, and instead he's just the job guy. And, like he's he's fucking around with his camera, and then he does a shooting star that gets uh, super kicked, which is an awesome spot. But okay, you didn't look like glance that the guy had been standing up for ten seconds by that point. Um, Guevara just comes off like a like a total geek to me, and that's it's tough to see because I think Guevara's got a lot of potential, and I thought they were going to do something with him, especially at that that first Cody match, and then he joins uh, the inner circle, and he's just he's just the lackey guy who gets beat all the time, and yeah, that's disappointing to me. Yeah, I think for him, plans might be more longer term, like he's going to start off at this role and hopefully move on a little later on as they flesh out the character more and everything like that. Uh, as to your complaint about the 630, I think it's fair, but I think it's it's also more than just an AEW or Young Bucks match thing. I mean, we've talked about this with NXT, too. I mean, Keith Lee and Dijakovic, I love those guys, but you're doing like a fucking Avalanche Canadian Destroyer for an earfall. So, right, right. It's a, it's a problem all throughout wrestling, yeah. I, I guess, because I see more... I, I, I thought they were going to do more with Guevara. I figure like if you're going to have him hit a 630 on Dustin Rhodes, that should maybe be the finish, and it wasn't. So I, I guess my complaint just more extends to I see more in Guevara than how they're currently using him. Fair enough. Uh, so we kept up with the action. We moved on to singles action with Phoenix defeating Trent in uh, just over 11 minutes via pin. Jeremy, your thoughts? Another really good match. Didn't like it quite as much as the the opener, but uh, still a good match. Trent uh, looked good in, in singles competition. Phoenix continues to be absolutely awesome. So I've, I'm glad Phoenix won. The, definitely the right call. Uh, Trent Trent's been picking up some some wins. Uh, he beat Pentagon and then some tag team stuff. But but Trent, at least for right now, I think he's more of a tag team guy. Uh, I like him with with Chucky e. T and the the trios with Orange Cassidy. So I like that spot for Trent Phoenix we, we've discussed many times like this guy can be a single star 100% no doubt so I, I like that they're pushing him as a single star beating uh the whichever Jackson brother he beat last week and and, and Trent this week 
Yeah, uh, again, I agree. Good match. I enjoyed it. I liked Phoenix getting the revenge win after losing the tag match last week. Uh, you know, Trent had a good run recently, so it means a little more. Phoenix is now undefeated in singles, which is good. And, yeah, definitely a lot of future potential for him. Love the guy. He uh, he pretty much always delivers. I, I I can't recall being disappointed with a Phoenix match. So, yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah, well, love Phoenix. I think we both agree that this is a guy. Like, they don't have a mid-card title. Uh, I don't know if they are ever going to have a mid-card title. At least it doesn't seem to be in the plans anytime soon. But if they did, Phoenix would be a, a very strong first champion because the the main event scene kind of is what it is right now, and I don't think they, they see that much in him just yet. But certainly down the line, he could be that guy. Agreed. Uh, next, we moved on to a in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone interviewing Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody was talking about the attack last week by the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, said talked about his scar from his match with Jericho, how it's a reminder that he failed and can never challenge for the championship again. He failed last week. He got it by getting his ass beat by the new guys and said that nobody was there to help him. His brother has entered into a feud with the Bucks uh, against the Inner Circle. His wife is cutting off the hair of defenseless women. And then his best friend, MJF, kicked him in the balls. He knows who the Butcher and the Blade are, and he would have actually given them a shot if they had asked. Um, they said they can do it anytime, uh, even right now. They can even pick his partner. And then he talked about how MJF said he would never wrestle him. And Cody says that he needs to wrestle him. MJF had no right to throw in the towel in the match with Jericho. He handpicked MJF when nobody else wanted him. Um, he, he even mocked his botched crossroads for last week. Called him a Bush League NWO version of Chris Jericho. He admits, though, that he knew MJF was a bad guy when he brought him in. But that he was going to be his bad guy. And he could be the future of the company. And he said he needed the match. He offered MJF his special car, the special uh, watch Tony Khan gave him, his shoes. And then he even offered him a briefcase full of cash, $50,000. And at that time, I thought, wait, I thought that was media perks that I got. Because <laughs> apparently I'm on the payroll. Uh, he gave $100 to a kid in the crowd, said the rest is MJF's. MJF could be the future, but he needs an education. He will hurt him, and MJF needs to name the, the place and his price. Uh, I thought Cody was really good here as usual. Cody remains very strong on the microphone. I, I mean, yeah, he's he. I don't know if he's quite the best promo guy because Jericho's really good and Moxley's good as well. But every time, Co I mean, Cody's has the best promo. That that full gear promo uh, is still the best promo of the year, and he was excellent here as well. So no complaints about Cody uh, on the microphone. The The content was, was strong. I guess my only hold up, and I can see how you can work around and explain this, is – you know, he's mentioned he's a, a vice president. So, like, why is he honoring that MJF says he's not going to fight him? Just put him in the match. Like, we, we know you can do that. And I know he said, like, he doesn't want to use his power and stuff. So, I understand how they can explain their way around that. Um, but that that is one. It's a it's a huge nitpick. I understand the AEW fans are going to just completely yell at me for it. Um, but, but that's, that's my only really thing is like, and the friend stuff, like, dude, your friends must really hate you that they can't come out and, and save you from these guys. Like, all right. They explained that, Oh, they got their other stuff going on. Like, 
cool, but you're getting attacked every week, dude. They can't come out once to help you out. Like, man, you must suck, Cody. They're busy. I told you, maybe Cody's <laughs> just an asshole. Yeah, I mean, that's what MJF says, so that, that makes sense. I, yeah, I like this promo from Cody. I'm, I'm nitpicking at stuff just to almost be a dick because the AEW fans get really upset when you nitpick anything, and I'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. But, yeah, uh, strong stuff <laughs> from Cody. He, he's awesome on the mic. Uh, Joe Janela was interviewed backstage talking about his uh, match with Moxley tonight. He wants to make a name for himself, but he had been put on the back burner. Uh, he talked about their match at Fighter Fest, but said it would be different tonight because it's going to count. Says Moxley's going to have to kill him if he wants to win. Moxley just kind of strolled in and looked at him and said, Kids. I like that they're giving Joey Janela mic time. Uh, Joey Janela should have more mic time. He should also be doing video promos and, and things of that like. Like That's how you build a guy like Joey Janela because you're beating him every time he's out there. So you've got to give the guy some type of character because otherwise he just keeps coming off as a complete loser. So I, I like that. I could have lived without Moxley coming in and saying kids like it just kind of undermined Janela's whole thing. And I wasn't a fan of that. Fair enough. We got a dark order video package, which I know you love. Yeah. I, I think they killed a man in this video package. That's fine with me. They should kill everybody. So, uh, next up, everyone check out my interview with the dark order on fightful.com. Shameless show, Jeremy. I appreciate that. Got right? to. Uh, I hope Sean appreciates it. He should thank me. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, so next up, uh, Nyla Rose uh, killed Leva Bates in a minute and a half. Uh, I know people are going to nitpick and say it should have been a DQ because Peter Avalon got involved. I don't care because Nyla Rose beat the shit out of them both. Very quickly, the whole goal was to reestablish Nyla Rose. So she killed them. It only went 90 seconds. It's not a big deal. Um, and again, you need to rebuild her. Uh, she beat her down after the match. Shauna made the save, and they had showed a video package earlier of Nyla Rose laying her out and putting her through a table. She tried to make the save. She ended up getting cut off, and Nyla Rose powerbombed a referee through a table and then powerbombed Shauna onto him to continue their budding feud. And it must have sucked to be that fucking referee. Did you see Adam Cole's girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, I have a gift. I have a uh, <laughs> gift from Twitter in there from Garrett. <laughs> amazing uh i really like that that was funny yeah they went to the reaction shot of Britt baker and they're like that's adam cole's girlfriend <laughs> and of course right away all i saw was oh they're taking shots at wwe i just thought that was kind of funny they i mean they, they cody took shots at wwe with the crossroads being botched on two two networks now excalibur has mentioned stuff Look, they're going to take shots at WWE. I am typically not a fan of it when they like make it so blatant and everything. I don't think it's been as like the I'm, I'm sure you saw the commercial that ran where they had the whole, oh, AEW Dynamite buries and all the destroys uh, NXT like that stuff. And I don't know if TNT produced that or AEW produced I'm that. I'm pretty sure that's like, that that's... TNT commercial. And if I was them, I wouldn't have done that, but. Yeah, like that stuff I'm not a fan of. But on their shows like this, like taking these little subtle shots, like, uh, you know, they're not outright mentioning 
NXT and being like, well, on that other, I guess Cody kind of did a little bit, but you know, on that other show in that other company, blah, 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 you know, like they're not so blatant about it. Like TNA used to do like AEW fan. Yeah. I've said this point before. A, the AEW fan base is largely fans who have are pissed off at WWE and hate everything about WWE. So they are catering to their fan base with this stuff. Will it turn off some potential new fans? Uh, yeah, and, and that might be a problem. And we we could see the. I mean, I, I maybe we'll talk about the ratings after this because we haven't uh, discussed it since they were delayed for Thanksgiving, but. Um, that, that could certainly be an issue where they are kind of upsetting everyone except for their core fan base and their core fan base is strong, but maybe it's not as strong as, you know, the, the vocal minority that we see on social media. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in the head to head deal. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I, I think the, the really small little things are okay. I, what I don't want is like what you brought up, like the, the TNA thing when you have the the guy come out and do the you know back in the other company up north for ten minutes promo. I don't need any of that bullshit. I would kind of prefer they don't really do it at all, but I can live with the really small things like that because I th- I really think you should focus on your own show. But as long as you're not overtaking the show with it, I'm not too horribly angry with it or anything. But again, I I just think you need to focus on yourself. That goes for both shows. Just everybody focus on yourself. Anyway, uh, Le Champion Chris Jericho arrived with Jake Hagar. He ran down to fans in the town, called them all losers, said nobody is as successful as he is, and he had some of the bubble with him. He hypes to sell the 12,000 bottles in one week and then said he's going to be forced to defend, or wrestle one more time before the end of the year on December 18th. He's allowed to pick his own opponent and made the lexicon of Le Champion, where he had a laundry list of names of potential opponents, Jeremy, and they are as follows. John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Papa Buck, Uncle Buck, Buck Owens, Moxley, Hangman Page, Diamond Dallas Page, Page. Moxley, Scorpio Sky, Too Cold Scorpio, any member of the Scorpions, Moxley, Michael Nakazawa, Kenny Omega, Kenny Ortega, Kenny Shields, Kenny Chesney, Kenny from South Park, Moxley, the chubby guy over here with the popcorn in the fifth row, the ugly guy with the dumb glasses over here in the third row, Moxley, Darby Allen, Rick Allen, Allen Jones, Moxley, Evil Uno, Angry Dose, Hateful Trace, Moxley, and Marty. I like that there was a Page reference and there was an Alan Jones reference. And the Marty teaser could be just that Um, because he got cut off. We don't know who Marty is. Marty Jannetty? Exactly. So I I thought that was kind of a funny, playful thing off of the list. That led to- it was off of the list. It was also, you know, it was off of the the arm bar. The hundred thousand, hundred thousand. Thousand man of thousand four holds. So yeah, it was it was a funny callback. Like Jericho, he didn't mention like, oh y'all are stuck in 2014. Jericho, I like how Jericho is not like just the most uh would oblivious douchebag in the world. Like 
he tries to bury stuff from the past, but he keeps doing stuff from the past. Like like last week's celebration was very festival of friendship. This week with the list, uh, it was the list and the the thousand and four holds thing. But at the same time, he's like, oh, all that stuff is dead and buried. But he keeps doing it. Um, you know that could. If you don't see Jericho's character in that way, and you you just see him as like, um, you, you think he's this this new guy who's trying to reinvent himself and he's trying to get away from WWE and, and all of that stuff, then I can see how the character can be a little off putting. I see the character as just someone who is just oblivious to all of this stuff and just know and thinks he's this amazing person but thinks he has like reinvented himself but really he's just using a lot of tropes that he has from the past i find him to be gloriously unaware like dario cueto used to be in lucha underground because dario cueto would come out and announce a grand new match stipulation that he like and i quote that no one has ever seen before and all it was was like a wacky variation on a match that already exists and it's just like, and everybody kind of would like chuckle. It's like, wait a minute, dude, we, we've seen this before. What are you talking about? So yeah, it's like, it's, it's funny. And I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I thought the list thing was funny. I, I laughed. And so anyway, that brought out the Jurassic Express and Jericho tried to cut Luchasaurus off and tell him he was on the list. Luchasaurus growled at him and then said, he goes, you don't actually think I sound like that, right? I have a master's degree. Dinosaurs have been marginalized for the last 65 million years. Laughed at that. I always laugh at his like little wacky dinosaur stuff. Said Marco may, may be small, but he's more of a man than Jericho will ever be. Uh, and then Jericho says, you can't possibly mean I'm going to face Jungle Boy. He hasn't even won a match. He mocked him. Called him a piece of shit and said he couldn't last 10 minutes with him. Jungle Boy said he knows he can. He'll kick his ass. He slapped Jericho. They all brawled around. And uh, Jericho threw a uh, fit. And apparently he's facing Jungle Boy on the 18th. And I guess what is going to be a like a Mike Von Erich uh, throwback 10-minute challenge match. It seems like it. We'll see if that that's the way they go. I think that's a good thing to do in this case because, yeah, I, I'm not sure Jungle Boy – like, what is Jungle Boy's record? Um, I don't think he has a singles win. No. So why like why is he challenging for the AEW championship? Just because he came out there? Like, is that why he's getting – you know, that that's something – we would typically bury WWE for like, okay, this guy just came out here. So he's getting a title shot. Like, is that why jungle boy is getting a title shot? Well, no, I don't, At least I don't think you... it's a title shot. I think they're going to do the 10 minute challenge gimmick. And that if he lasts 10 minutes, then he'll end up with the title shot. Oh, I thought he was putting the title on the line. It was kind of unclear. If it's a title shot, it makes no sense. As you just said, because jungle boy hasn't won everything, anything. Hopefully, like I said, it's they're just going to go the 10-minute challenge route. He ends up surviving 10 minutes, and then you get the title match out of that on TV, which works. Um, all right, yeah. I, I don't know. The fact that it's unclear kind of isn't great either. Um, so, yeah, well, I, I guess we'll, we'll see. Because it did seem like they were hinting at a 10-minute challenge, but we don't no like that wasn't even made official that they were hinting at a 10 minute challenge so yeah. it's yeah, it's I, it's a little it's the 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 segment loses some points overall i mean it was really good but 
it loses some points due to lack of clarity. Because now we're kind of making our own storyline. Is he getting an undeserved title shot? Is it a 10-minute challenge that could lead to a title shot? And the fact that it wasn't made clear after that, like, they announced stuff for next week, and it would have been nice if they were like, you know, it's official December 18th, you know, Jungle Boy, if he can last 10 minutes with Chris Jericho, gets a title shot or whatever, just let us know one way or the other because it's too unclear. Yeah, it, it most certainly is, and that's that's not a good thing. Uh, next up, we went back to the women's division. Chris Statlander, who is reportedly signed with AEW now, defeated Hikaru Shida in 8 minutes and 40 seconds via pin. All right, uh, let me get this out of the way. I thought it was a good match. Uh, I thought Statlander's looked really good in performances. I think she's a very good pickup because I think she has a ton of potential. Where I have the problem is is with the booking, and I know everybody's going to go, whoa, it's a surprise win. So real real quickly, real quickly, sorry to cut you off. It says on AEW's website that AEW is forcing him to have one more title defense this year. So it certainly sounds like it's a title match. Well, I guess we will find out. It's uh, it's not optimal if that's the case then. All right, sorry, go ahead. Um, My problem with the Statlander win is I know people are going to do the whole, well, it's like real sports, it's an upset. And okay, yeah, I get that, but here's my problem. You booked Britt Baker versus B Priestley. They did that grudge match, Britt Baker won. That led to her and Hikaru Shida having a match, and they were the top two contenders in the rankings. Hikaru Shida then beat her to become the number one ranked person in the standings. And now you've had her lose. So what you're doing then is you kind of wiped out her and Baker's possible title challengers to put Statlander over. And I don't have a problem with putting her over, but maybe you should have put her over somebody else. I, I don't have a problem with them putting Statlander over either. My my complaint is similar to yours is that, all right, Sheeta was ranked number one and her team lost last week. She teamed with Statlander. Statlander took the pin last week and, and now she's beating Sheeta in the, the singles match. And like, okay, fine. If you're going to, if you're going to put Statlander over, put her over. I'm okay with that. Why pin her last week then? The, this is the, the same thing that it, it's kind of becoming an issue for me is they're kind of just doing a lot of 50 50 stuff. And with the women's division, I guess these women are facing because they lost the tag team match last week. Like that seems to be a a thing with, with AEW now is like, Oh, if these teammates lose, then they're going to face each other on the next show or whatever. Like, okay. Like, why that why were they teaming in the first place uh, to prove who the real weak link is but then statlander got pinned so she was the weak link but then she pinned Sheeta. so it, it just i don't think this this booking is doing anybody any favors i like i didn't think statlander came off uh stronger here because i just watched her get pinned for a 10 count last week and then Sheeta, they were rolling with her it seemed like they were building her to be the next title contender and they just have her beat here like who the, the women's division is a mess just an absolute mess yeah and that is a shame because there we talked about it there is some talent in that division it's just not well thought out or well executed at all and it's wait till 2020 says Kenny Omega. 
Well, listen, I I understand that the company is not that old and there are going to be growing pains. But the women's division stuff has become a very glaring issue. You know, so it's like, eh, you you need to fix that sooner rather than later. I mean, again, I'm willing to wait, but I don't think everybody else is. I'm fine if you you want me to wait till 2020, but you've had months of television now you're basically telling me that these next four weeks or not four weeks um we have two more shows this year these next two weeks don't matter so in this division and and the fact that they don't have like the fact that they're just saying hey wait till 2020 we're gonna fix it all like that kind of shows that they didn't really have a plan coming out of the gate and i think that's a shame as well it's They've got a lot of talent in this division. I love Riho as the champion. I, I guess she's doing a stardom tour right now, and that's why she hasn't been on television, which I think is a real shame because, you know, she's she's the champion. You you kind of want her there as often as possible, and if not, like at least show video packages or something. Like people, I'm not saying they forgot about Riho, but not only she's a champion, she was over. Like she was really getting over, and. You know, she hasn't been there now, and who knows what the reactions are going to be like when she comes back because you would hope that they're still strong, but because the division is, is such a mess and, and there's like, there's no stories going on in these divisions. There's one story, and, and even that sucks. Yeah, and speaking of that, the post match, Brandy and Awesome Kong arrived. Brandy said that they are the nightmare collective and they do the things that others won't do. Said that stat. The fuck does that even mean? I don't. She they 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 offer free haircuts to the poor. I guess. <laughs> so uh, she claimed that Statlander was in her business, but made her gave her an opportunity to join them. Uh, she just kind of looked at him, and then a fan at ringside, who I believe is Melanie Cruz, said she wanted to pl- pledge to Brandy's cause, and she offered to let them cut her hair, and they did. Like it was fine. At least it gave us a little something on what Brandy and Kong are doing. And it's not totally horrible, but it does feel repetitive with the Dark Order thing because basically you have people pledging to join their cult. It's exactly like the Dark Order thing. It's it's really it's nonsense to me. I I love the Dark Order stuff because all right, that I can buy that it's this cool like cult kind of thing. Um, now that, especially with the video package and stuff, like Brandy is, she's the chief Brandy officer. She's out front in front of the media doing all this stuff. And there's just a, a disconnect there where she's now like a cult leader or a witch or whatever she is. And like uh, cutting hair, like that hasn't really been fleshed out. What is what does she mean Statlander is in my way? Like, y'all came out there and interrupted her victory celebration. What the fuck did Statlander ever do to y- Y'all keep interrupting everybody. No one's in your way. You're putting yourself in the way. Uh, it's... I- I'm not a fan of, of any of this. I-, I think it could be an okay idea. Uh, the problem is, I think you have the wrong leader be because I don't think Brandy is the right person to do this, although I guess it's better than her wrestling. And it's it's very similar 
to the dark order stuff and even the the blade butcher and, and bunny stuff like it's just a, it's just a lot of dark characters and okay put these people on aew dark then well apparently uh aew is like the dc film universe so it's like it's all dark sure uh yeah I, i'm i don't get this maybe it'll come back and and be better but i did this sucked and this is the only thing in the women's division that seems to like have any logical and i don't even know if it's logical but that seems to have any story like brandy Rhodes, cool unfortunately which goes back to the whole division not being properly planned out heading into tv brandy's got her spot she's good yeah so next week the butcher and the blade are gonna face cody and qt marshall while the young bucks will face santana and ortiz in a street fight which that should be pretty great Okay, have we gotten to the Butcher and the Blade promo? That's after this next match, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so right. next up, Pentagon defeated Christopher Daniels, 925 via pin. Uh, I, f- first of all, I love that Daniels immediately attacked because he was looking for revenge on Pentagon from taking him out and thought that set a good tone for the match. Thought it was a good match overall, a little overbooked down the stretch, uh, but I like that Pentagon and Phoenix are back on the winning track. There was a spot in this match where Daniels was going to do his uh, the Arabian press onto the ramp onto Pentagon, and it if you're watching it, it looks like he botched it and slips off the ropes. I'm not 100% convinced that he botched it, only for the simple fact that back in TNA when he was feuding with AJ Styles, he was doing an injury. There was an angle where he was injured. And he went to do the Arabian press, and I saw him do a similar botch on purpose. So, either he's really good at doing that and making it look like he fucked up, or he just fucked up. Not 100% sure either way. Otherwise, like, I would say it's a straight botch, only for the fact that I've seen him do it before, though. So, it's like, where I know he did it on purpose as part of the story. So, yeah, Phoenix got involved at the end. Like I said, a little overbooked, but I do like that they're getting Pentagon and Phoenix back on track, and hopefully that continues because I think those guys have way too much to offer to be, like, losing random matches. Where the hell was SCU at when Phoenix came out? Catering. I guess. They were hanging out with Cody, talking about not having friends. Remember when we praised AEW because it seemed like the babyfaces had some friends, and now the babyfaces who actually do have friends, their friends are not helping them? Well, they started off having friends, and yeah, then it's like, now they don't. I don't know why. But... <laughs> like, the Bucks were helping Private Party, and it's like, ah, hey, that's really cool. Like, the, the babyfaces actually have friends in this company. Then you got Cody and, and Christopher Daniels, who actually have friends, like, established friends in this company, and they're nowhere to be found. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. Maybe Daniels but... is a money. <laughs> It, the match was was fine. It, yeah, overbooked at the end. It, it, not nothing special. It was. It felt like a thing of. Like, it probably should have just gotten more time too, because it, it seemed like like he put Daniels on the shelf for however many weeks. Took him out of the the tag team uh, tournament, and then you know SCU ended up winning anyway, which which is which is good. But you know it took him out of that spot. He he's gone back and he, he fucked Penta or he beat him up after uh, full gear and then he fucked him out of the the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal 
And then they just get like the shortest match. I guess the the women's squash match was shorter, but they get like the shortest match on the show, and it's some overbooked nonsense. Like, eh, I I thought they could have just. It, it was a case of AEW just trying to pack too many matches on the show. I think that's fair. Um, so we moved on to the video package you talked about. Uh, Allie was with the Butcher and the Blade and said that they're here because they were sick of Cody's face being everywhere and that they came to his house to cut the head off the snake. Okay. I don't have an issue with their explanation. It's fine with me. Did you see the MJF promo? Uh, I don't think so. Was it on Twitter or something? Yes, it was on Twitter. It was not on this show. This is how we found out that QT Marshall was teaming with uh, Cody to to face the Butcher and the Blade. It was not on the show. First off, it should have been on the show. I don't understand why you don't put an MJF promo on the show. MJF explains that he hired the, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny to take out Cody. But they're saying they just came there and wanted to just chop the head off the snake. Then you got fans trying to fansplain things after last week saying, oh, well, Allie is going after Cody because Brandy uh, cut her hair and stuff. It's a mess. First off, fans don't try to I- explain this stuff. I don't like it when WWE fans do it, and I do it myself, probably with AEW and WWE, uh, to try to, to fill in logic gaps um, that that aren't actually you know explained by the company that that should be. I credit AEW that they tried to fill in these gaps. The problem is they're telling two different stories on why the Butcher and the Blade attacked Cody. Was it because he was in their house and they want to cut the head off the snake or were they paid by MJF to do this? So where was this MJF promo, by the way? It was on uh, AEW's Twitter. Okay. Yeah. No, I did not see that. Yeah. That's a, see, that's a continuity problem. And that's something I wish I would have known going into the show, but yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. So that's, not not a great thing right there. I do like that the fans tried to explain the reasoning and that, that you know what? That was a valid reason. Hey, Allie's going after Cody, going after Brandy's uh, husband because Brandy attacked her. Th- there was nothing like that. So let it play out as uh, we like to say in the biz. And it played out and now they're telling two different stories with what actually happened. Yeah, that's, that's not a good look for sure. Uh, so... Main event was John Moxley defeating Joey Janela, 950 via pin. Jeremy, your thoughts? Good match. Uh, yeah, I would have just liked to seen them get more time. Like, we know Janela. Like, th- this is where you just cut the Pentagon and Daniels match, and you just give Janela and Moxley more time because Moxley and or because Pentagon and Daniels didn't start until 9:30, and so you knew right then, like, oh, they still got Janela and Moxley as well like these matches are going shorter than they need to i I would have liked to just seen them get more time because we know they can have a a good match and even without the the brawling stuff like janela is better than that moxley is better than that they don't need that (laughs) to have a good match so i I would have liked to see this get more time but for what it was it it was it was a, a good match moxley winning obviously the right call and yeah this is why you got to give janela promo time because if you're just gonna 
throw this guy out there and beat him every week. Like he's he's not Darby Allen to where he can get over taking a I mean he can. He is that good. But you can't have too many guys who are just gonna get over by by getting beat every single week. Yeah. See, you know what's funny is, and I, I don't disagree with your point about the match probably needing a little more time, but the funny thing is, is all I hear is, AW, the matches are always way too long. Every match is over 15 minutes, which is obviously not the case, because on this show, there wasn't a match that went over 11 minutes and 5 seconds. And Larry has a stopwatch for all of this, so his his timing is correct. Match times were 11 minutes, 11.05, 1.30, 8.40, and 9.50. So I don't see how that's every match is over 15 minutes. But, is yeah, you get this weird, uh, like, complaint. Like, yours is valid because I think it, it did need more time, and I think you could have reformatted the show to give this match the time it needed instead and probably push Daniels and Pentagon maybe to next week. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's just really weird. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I thought, you know, Jalen lost, but he looked good. Obviously, like I said, Moxley winning is the right call as the show closed with uh, Jericho and the inner circle arriving, uh, through the crowd to kind of mimic Moxley stare down with him from last week. As- yeah. And Jericho mimicked the, the Cody video again. This is Jericho just being oblivious and probably thinking like this is some cool idea that he is just taking from someone else or, or taking from the past. So, so that is AEW uh, Dynamite for this week. And we will now move on to NXT TV for the same date, December 4th, 2019, Jeremy. Started off with Killian Dane. He was supposed to face Damian Priest, but he was not quote unquote medically cleared for tonight. So he got Pete Dunn instead. Killian Dane ended up defeating young Peter at 1445 via pin. I thought they had a good match. I thought Dane needed a big win. I'm not sold on it that it should have been over Pete Dunn though. Uh, they did kind of like a, they tried to do a different finish than just going into like a finisher fest where they worked up top, Dunn had a sleeper and Killing Dane just kind of avalanched and fell onto him and, uh, squashed him for the pin. I appreciate that it was a different finish, but I also thought it came off a bit flat at the same time. And that's the problem with trying to do different finishes. It it was the same thing when Scorpio Sky kept using the roll up is, Hey, I got no problem with them trying to do that stuff. The problem is the the crowds don't expect it. And so when you do it, it, it just comes off like, oh, what the fuck just happened? Like, why why aren't we getting 50 million finishers here? So like that's just what wrestling fans have been conditioned to nowadays, which is, is kind of a shame, but that's just what it is. So I, I like the finish. Yeah, it did come off flat, and that's because of of what i just said i did not not a, not really a big fan of killian dane winning mainly because i am a big pete dunn fan we'll, we'll see what they do with killian dane like i don't really have the highest of hopes for this guy um i, I feel like damian priest was probably going to beat him because priest they they're invested in a little bit more dane is just like all right he's he's killian dane send him to nxt uk or something uh fits right in there so I guess they wanted to give Dane the victory because Dunn, like Dunn just had a title shot. So you're probably not going back to that anytime soon. So you can give Dane a a little bit of a victory here. Match was good. Um, Yeah. Questionable winner. 
Yeah. And again, too, I don't have a problem with that finish either. I do like that they're doing different finishes. It's just you have to re-educate your audience to expect uh, finishes out of nowhere sometimes. And that's going to be a longer process than some people think because especially with the kind of talents and matches that you run in AEW and NXT, people are really kind of locked into a certain style, so they don't expect that. But it's not a bad thing to do shit like that out of nowhere, because it also reinforces that, hey, sometimes when you fall off the top rope or you fuck up, shit happens and you lose. So, again, not a bad thing, but it did come off flat. Uh, went to backstage interview time with Dakota Kai. Was talking about her match tonight with Rhea Ripley. Said Tegan Knox isn't worth her time anymore. She gave Rhea exactly what she wanted all along, which was a more vicious and dangerous Dakota Kai. And she will take out Rhea Ripley tonight the same way she took out that hood rat Mia Yim. Admitting to the War Games attack, Jeremy. Uh, it's good that she admitted to it. I I like to heal Dakota Kai and. Yeah, and it set up uh, things for for later in the night. So I like this promo. Big Dakota, big fan of the big dog. That's right. Undisputed Era, no Bobby Fish arrived. Adam Cole bragged about the group's successful November and blamed NXT for injuring Bobby Fish. He was upset that Keith Lee pounced him into the crowd last week. And as NXT's Iron Men, they deserve much better. He's not a ragdoll. And even worse, Finn Balor kicked him in the face. So he wants answers from Finn, but Keith Lee arrived. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, they, they said basically that uh, Keith Lee is all moments and uh, not victories and rewards. He's a loser. Keith Lee said that he was a game changer and he may not have a title to show for it, but he turned Cole into a viral gift last week. He beat the Undisputed Era at War Games and he's trying to decide which title he's going to take from them first. Cole threatened them. We had a, we had a scuffle. And uh, Lee stood tall, undisputed era bails as Tommaso Ciampa arrived. Uh, He uh, ran behind Cole and attacked him. Kyle and Roddy saved him. They powdered, and Ciampa picked up Goldie. So that was the angle setting up stuff for later in the evening. Good angle. Uh, Shame about Bobby Fish that he is injured and i like that adam cole is like this is all nxt's fault like yeah if i can put you in 1800 matches over the last month like it is their fault and they put him in another one here tonight uh keith lee came off like a big star champa's obviously a big star undisputed era uh i mean they're they're over big so overall a, a strong angle to to set up the match for later in the night i'm with you this whole uh setting up matches with with no real build it's it it can be a little frustrating but at the same time like if, if you're gonna tune into the show at least they give you something in that first hour of you know raw and smackdown do this as well um they give you something in that first hour and be like hey this is what you're gonna get in the main event and it's like all right well cool this is what i'm gonna watch and at least it wasn't a match like a like Ciampa and Balor, like it was last week, where you could really save that and build that. Like it was a it was a six man match that all right, we can set up early and deliver late. And the six man also makes sense coming out of War Games is the other point too. So yeah. it's like yeah, um, Zia Lee cut a quick promo about uh, facing Shayna Baszler tonight and that she was going to prove that she could fight and hang with her. And then we got a yeah, pretty the shooter Zia Lee is going to fuck up Shayna Baszler. That's right. We got a pretty great Kushida video package up next. He's returning tonight. 
Next up, Shayna Baszler defeated Xia at four minutes via submission. Jeremy, your thoughts? Uh, it was what it, it should have been. Shayna Baszler kind of need. I mean, she got a rebound win um, the other week, and and they they rehab her a little bit after the War Games match, and then you know it's setting up for for two weeks. So I, I think this accomplished what it needed to. She she took out the shooter Zia Lee. I think Zia Lee was the toughest challenger after breaking noses, and Shayna Baszler's like fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was okay. Obviously, Shayna was always going to win, and um, you need to keep her strong ahead of facing uh, Rhea Ripley for the title. I would have liked to have seen Xia get a little more in because it seemed like they were trying to heat her up, and I don't think she necessarily lost anything here, but I just I think I would have liked to see her just get a little more in because it seemed a little quick and decisive for me. But again, it works to keep Shayna strong. So again, it's eh, not, it's, it's not like no, it's not a big problem, and she's not buried or anything. I just I I really like Xia I think she has a lot of potential. I just I wanted to see a little more from her, but small nitpick. That's fair. It's not like they pushed Zia Lee as anything big. I mean, she broke Aaliyah's nose, and then it's like, okay, well, we'll give her a match here with with Baszler. I think it makes Baszler, and they're they're rehabbing. It's not even a big rehab. Like she's saying, she's Shayna Baszler. She doesn't lose at all, but they're making her out to to still be a killer. So I, I think for that, it, it worked. I, I don't think it should have gone any longer. And. Zaya gets more in like Shane is the champ she should be the killer so when Rhea beats her in two weeks it's huge but Zaya Lee's the real fucking shooter brother well <laughs> Shayna Baszler's an actual MMA fighter as well she didn't win too much I mean, I think, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see a MMA fight between Baszler and Zaya let him go there you go uh, Cassie Zeno promo time he's a wrestling genius and the greatest British wrestler of all time because he dominates in NXT UK. Talked about the World's Collide show coming up, and he's here to see if anyone in NXT wants to preview that night. So I like Ono. Oh yeah. Uh, the Forgotten Sons. It's about the only good thing on NXT UK, that fucking show. Forgotten Sons defeated Evolves, Adrian Alanis, and Leon Ruff in a minute and 20 seconds via pin. The poor Evolve lads got absolutely nothing in and died a quick death, and it was probably the best Forgotten Sons match ever because it was a minute and 20 seconds. Get these dudes off my television. Uh, me, uh, Dakota Kai was supposed to face Rhea Ripley. Uh, Dakota Kai's uh, fucking Titantron is amazing now. It's nothing but video of her destroying Tegan Knox, complete with Tegan's screams overlaid over it. So that's spectacular. It was supposed to be her versus Rhea, but um, Rhea came out and basically called her clever for what she did at War Games and said that she was setting up for revenge tonight, which led to Mia Yim hitting the ring. We got the big brawl. Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, Miranda Shafir arrived. They attacked Rhea. Uh, they brawled. Shayna and her brawled for a while. She kept going for the... Um, clutch and she eventually got it while Duke and Shafir held her arms down in the ropes and she eventually got choked out and then that officially sets up our women's title match for December 18th Jeremy where Shayna will defend against Rhea and is that going to be our title changes we talked about they need to do it sooner rather than later I think so I mean they're setting up a big show on the 18th um, as we found out later on we're going to get an Adam Cole this poor fucking dude. I said take the rest of the year off, and they got him wrestling uh, six-man tonight. They got him doing a, a title match in two weeks where it's probably going to go like 20 minutes. My God. Um, 
yeah, they're they're setting up. That's gonna be a big show uh, with with two title matches and uh, like pull the trigger on Rhea Ripley. You cannot wait any longer. Baszler's held the title forever. Rhea's as hot as can be right now. Just like that, that full sale crowd is gonna be amazing. Assuming ratings hold steady, like that, that's gonna be a a, a show where a lot of people are gonna be tuning in as well. I, I think I think you gotta do it. Yeah, I I agree. They they need to pull the trigger on that because she's she's hot coming out of the Survivor Series. She came out of that weekend looking like an absolute star. I th- I think you roll with it. So, got a Finn Balor promo. I said everybody in NXT is playing checkers, but he's playing chess. His future is his past, which is the NXT Championship, and told Adam Cole that it was going to be checkmate. So short little promo, good stuff. Um, Matt. Excuse me, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono up next. Matt Riddle defeat. Excuse me, defeated Ono twelve and a half minutes via pin. Jeremy, your thoughts? It was a good match. I liked it. I'm a big fan of Matt Riddle. He just always beats Ono. Um, probably not their best match. They they've had they had better matches when Riddle was was first starting in NXT. But Ono Ono is great. And as I said, one of the <laughs> few things. That, that's tolerable on NXT UK riddle. You got to keep kind of uh, getting him back on track after the, the loss to Finn Balor. So, so beating Ono can, can certainly do that. And yeah, I, I thought it, thought it was a good match on spectacular or anything, but crowd loves riddle. And I'm a big Matt riddle fan as well. I'm a big Ono fan. Yeah. Riddle's now four and O versus Ono overall. Um, Good match. I did like it. Um, they, they always have at least a good match. Again, like you said, I agree. Not their best work with each other, but certainly a quality addition to the show and Riddle winning the right call. We were supposed to have Kushida versus Raul Mendoza. Raul Mendoza was making his entrance, and Cameron Grimes flew in out of the periphery and laid him out with the running double stomp and took his place. Uh, it, Big fan of Cameron Grimes and his hat. Yes, it looked really cool when he flew in and laid him out. I will say that. It did. Uh, so next up, we had Kushida defeating Cameron Grimes at 420 via pin. Uh, I thought Kushida obviously picked up the win in his return match. I thought it was solid overall. Uh, the finish to me felt a like kind of a little bit too lucky as he cradled him and like out of nowhere and kind of would have preferred if he just beat him. Um, and maybe you put someone else in that spot if you want to protect Cameron Grimes. But, um, I mean, I think Kushida's first win back should have been, like, a little more dominant. Like, win with your fucking move and show that you're back and everything. But nothing wrong with it. It was solid, and I just, a small nitpick again. Nothing major. I didn't mind that it, it was kind of a cradle win. One, they've been building Grimes pretty strong so i can understand just not wanting to to beat him outright two it was kashida's first match back so you can and i'm gonna fansplain here um oh, you can <laughs> after i buried everyone for doing it uh you, you can certainly um sorry i got a text message you you can fan you can explain it by saying like he's been on the shelf for a little while you know he wasn't wasn't fully back but he he still came away with the victory and you know he, he kind of outsmarted the the younger cameron grimes and stuff so i didn't have a problem with with the the way it ended and i it it, it lends itself to a potentially longer match be between the two which i think would be great yeah and like I said, maybe if you want to protect Grimes, maybe put someone else in that role so Kushida gets a more dominant win. And then you could have Yeah, but who's that delivering that double stomp like Grimes? Well, that's fair too. So, 
they announced for next week that Cruiserweight Champion Leo Rush will defend against Angel Garza. And also that Mia Yim will face Dakota Kai. Which led to our main event of the evening, Jeremy. Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa defeated the Undisputed Era 12 minutes via pin. What were your thoughts, sir? Really like this match and really like uh, the closing stretch with Keith Lee. It's it's clear. I mean, we kind of knew it coming out of Survivor Series. And this is why Survivor Series was so smart to put Keith Lee in that position over Ciampa because Ciampa's already a made guy, especially at full sale. Like he's going to get those reactions regardless. Keith Lee was kind of, it kind of floating. Like he was having good matches with a uh, Dajakovic and everything, but he was still, it's like, all right, we know Keith Lee can do more. And then survivor series, like they, they strapped a rocket to him. And so he comes back to full sale. It is the big pounce last week. And like they, they made an extra star, out of Keith Lee at Survivor Series, and and they continued that here. I thought that was great to see him pinning Adam Cole. You know, sets up a title shot. Or I guess now the the triple threat match for the title shots. So I liked how much shine Keith Lee got in this match. Yeah, I thought it was a very good main event. Enjoyed it. Like you said, closing stretch was very well done. Uh, Balor got involved and stuff, and there was a. There was a great shot after Balor ran wild and he was in the corner and he was doing like the double guns and uh, Keith Lee did the uh, Samoa Joe behind Kurt Angle pop up. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh you're going to die now, son. So that, that was really well shot. Enjoyed that. And again, like you said, uh, Keith Lee, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing well coming out of the Survivor Series weekend, playing off of the fact that they gave him so much and he did look like a star coming out of that weekend. He pins Cole here. Very good match. And then post-match, William Regal announces that on December 18th, Adam Cole will defend the NXT title against a winner of next week's number one contenders triple threat match, which is Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa, and Finn Balor. So we got a pretty good slate lined up for next week because I mentioned we had the Cruiserweight title match. We had the uh, Dakota Kai Mia Yim match. Then you got the big number one contenders match. And then you set up a, you're going to have a title match on the 18th to go along with the women's title match. I I really like that they're, they're setting up, you know, two big weeks here. Um, I mean, next week is really strong. And, you know, this week for NXT, like, there was nothing announced heading into it. They they only had Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai announced, and, like, they didn't even deliver on that. They had Priest and Dane, but then that fell through the day of. So they had literally one match announced that they, they didn't even come through on. And, you know, next week we're, we're getting three big matches, including number one contender match, a rivalry match, grudge match, and, and a title match. And then two weeks we're getting two title matches. So uh, excellent work by, by this show to, to really set up the, the next two weeks to, to close <laughs> out the year for NXT. Yeah, definitely agree there. Uh, so that will lead us into the old the head-to-head comparison talk. We'll do the... We'll do the head-to-head, and then we'll talk about last week's ratings and the potential for what this week will bring, Jeremy. So, uh, so I'll start off. AEW, uh, I thought was last week's show was like good but flat overall, and kind of disappointing. I thought they had a really like kind of a great rebound this week. I thought the, the opener was great. They continued the Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Phoenix and Pentagon picked up rebound wins and looked to be back on track. The women got more time, 
which is something they need to do and they need to sort out, as we already talked about. Um, they're trying to explain more things like the Dark Order with the vignettes, which have been really good, and like the 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 bunny stuff and Brandy and Kong, which that one really isn't clicking for me. And hopefully they flesh out the bunny stuff because again, I didn't know about that MGF promo, which really makes that one look bad in retrospect. Um, and like Jericho is like it looks like Jericho is gonna try to fucking make the Jurassic Express, which is really cool. And Moxley continues to roll as they build up the him and Jericho. So I thought, uh, I thought like kind of a great show tonight. NXT, NXT wasn't the strongest night of in-ring action overall for them. They've had much better. Nothing was bad, obviously, but it just it kind of lacked that must-see aspect in the ring that they've had for a lot of the weeks. Um, I thought the show was really good. I thought they did a good job of advancing a lot of angles as well as setting up, as we mentioned, matches for next week and the week after. And not only setting them up, but they're doing it in a logical and simple manner. They're not getting overly creative with it. The things they're doing are making sense. And again, it was an easy and enjoyable watch as always, which is a strength of both shows, I find. Um, I think overall, I give an, I give AEW the nod this week, uh, not by a wide margin or anything. Uh, both shows accomplished a lot tonight. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the rating stuff, which we'll talk about after you give your head-to-head comparison. You got that Cody money picking AEW over NXT this week. It was a watch, man. Um, one thing about – go ahead. No, I just said it was the watch that put me over, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, one thing about AEW that we didn't mention, the audio issues. I don't know what the hell was up with that. Yeah, at they, the beginning this of the show, a, yeah. It was kind of throughout the show. Like, it was definitely at the beginning, but they had some issues a little bit throughout, just kind of the up and down levels. I I feel like it, during one match, it might have been the, the Phoenix and, and Trent match, like, Excalibur was the only person calling that match. Um, and I think it was because Tony and, and uh, JR, like, their mic was just so down. Um, but, yeah, that, that was unfortunate. You know, this is the second week in a row they had audio issues because they had some during the, the celebration as well and the miking problems with full gear. So they were they were running smoothly with that stuff, and I don't know what happened, but they, they need to figure that out. Uh, I liked AEW better from an in-ring standpoint. They they did have the, the better matches. I think the uh, six-man tag on their show, their six-man opener, was the best match on on the sh- uh between the two shows nxt there was nothing i don't think there was anything bad on the show the uh, my, my biggest problem is and it's not even a problem uh, but we're, we're judging it on a as a standalone show is it was a, a very much a and, and cody's promo also on dynamite was the the best kind of in-ring segment as well so judging on my usual scale best promo best uh best match aew gets the nod my my problem with nxt is it was used to set up the upcoming weeks and it did that brilliantly but again as a standalone show uh you know aew to me was the better show that said as a setup show for the upcoming weeks uh nxt was the better show because i'm far more interested in what nxt is going to give me over the next two weeks than i am of the i mean santana ortiz against young buck street fight cool i'm down with that match don't care about this butcher blade nonsense and cody teaming with uh, qt marshall and truthfully like i love chris jericho 
don't really care about him against uh, Jungle Boy because they they haven't done too much to just make me care about Jungle Boy outside of he's the, the wacky Luchasaurus friend. Fair enough. So you were going NXT this week then? No, I'm going AEW. Oh, okay. I said Cody had the best promo. Right, and, just, uh, I want to clarify the, the for the listeners, the man. That's all. I got that Cody money as well. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so again, but obviously a uh, another really strong Wednesday night of action. Greatly enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, the um, the pre-Thanksgiving ratings came in, and NXT won again. They actually had a much stronger retention following Survivor Series than I thought they would, simply for the fact that I thought they might be hurt by the fact that Raw didn't get a big bump. So, but they um, they retained well. Raw's the seashell, brother. Well, this is true. But uh, they had a really good retention. They won uh, pretty easily. And uh, here's the thing. It's like AEW dropped out of 600-some thousand viewers. Now, I know everybody right away, this was the big thing I fucking saw was, oh, see, it's already failing. This show's going to be canceled by the end of the year. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. And I am no authority on ratings, but my thought is a couple things. First of all, there is an obvious decline. Nobody's going to debate that, and if you are, you're silly. The other thing to consider is, though, they are, you know, until last week, they're still doing largely very strong in the key demos that TNT wants them to do strong in. So that is their big saving grace now. But again, the decline cannot be ignored. The other thing is, is this a one-week thing? Is it because it was the night before Thanksgiving and because the AEW audience skews lower and that is traditionally a big kind of celebration party night and maybe people were out. We're going to find out tomorrow or slash today, Thursday, when the ratings come out. That's not true. They don't come out till Friday. They're delayed oh, still. Oh, shit. They are delayed again. I f- fucking holidays. I'm so <laughs> confused with everything going on lately. But um, so the thing is, though, is um, we're going to find out real quick this week because if they're still really low then there's something wrong, they're not connecting, and they need to figure out what the hell it is and do it fast. If they bump back up and they stay back up, then it was a one-week aberration type of thing. Um, But again, I'm not going to roll out either one until I see this week's number. It could very well be either. it, It could just be a holiday misnomer type of thing. Or it could be they've alienated too many people and they fucked up. So I'm not sold on one or the other until I see the number, Jeremy. I don't know what you think, so I will let you speak. I, I'm with you that it, it's tough to judge because of the holiday thing. Um, I do think that might be a little bit overblown. Uh, like I, I don't – I guess Thanksgiving is a big travel day. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know, or I know pre Thanksgiving, a lot of people are traveling and stuff, but like, you know, a, you know, NXT still did really good viewership and people can point to the over 50, but like people over 50 have family too. <laughs> they got to travel. They got to welcome family. They the got to entertain over 50 family. Stay home and the family travel to them. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they still have family over though. They're what they're still, why they put the wrestling on when the family is over. Of course. I mean, I guess, but well, then the the younger kids should be ashamed of themselves because they should smack the older ones and be like, look, this is what we're going to watch. We're watching Dynamite, not NXT. Uh, don't respect your elders on Thanksgiving. You'd be thankful the next day. But on Wednesdays, you get your way. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I maybe that's overblown. I guess we'll we'll find out on on Friday. I'm more concerned about just the drop off when it comes to AEW. Yeah. Uh, because it it's very big. It's like eight hundred thousand viewers since their first episode, and the demographics are, are down like half of what they were doing in their first episode. And again, maybe it's because of the the one week thing, and so the, this was an aberration, and that's why it took such a big hit. But it's still down, even if you go back two weeks ago. Um, like it was better. They, they 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 won by a bigger margin, at least the demographics. They lost the viewership, but they, they were closer in the viewership. But still, the, the drop-off over two months is is a little bit concerning. Um, and and we'll see what they I, – like. I we said it last week. The show did not feel hot last week. No, it didn't. And I think even this week, it, w- it was a better show than it was last week still didn't feel quite as hot as those early episodes (laughs) did and now that we you know we have more weeks of evidence we have more we've seen how storylines kind of play we we've seen what they've done like there is more to nitpick now and I, i i hate saying that but there there is more you see more of the flaws in their booking like we, we talked about with the the mjf stuff like okay what's the real reasoning you know they they do have a big online fan base they probably saw that promo they they keep telling us records matter and then jungle boy is just getting a title shot when when jericho said hey records don't matter they're they're beating the number one person uh you know they're throwing janela out there in in main events when he hasn't beaten anybody you know, if you're gonna tell us some of this stuff, the women's division, we discussed that. Like that's just a complete mess. You know, they they made a lot of promises and they've delivered on some of that stuff. But when you you keep making these promises, you're put under a bigger microscope. And and whether that's that's fair or not, I don't know. But you know, it, it's the reality of it. If you're gonna say these things, you got to deliver on some stuff. And now that we have more evidence, there there's less. There's less of that goodwill that is there with AEW. It's still there, and people are still willing to to see how things play out. But the more weeks that pass, it, it starts to dwindle a little bit. And I do think that's just an overall issue of okay, it's still only been two months. Like I don't think it's fair to judge any of that stuff after two months. But you know, the society today that's just how it goes like if if you're only as good as your last show you're only as good as your your last fight whatever you're only as good as your last movie like that's how a lot of people think so if what they saw they didn't like uh the the previous week it's tough to win those people back because they're just like yeah i didn't really like it and you know they they said all these things and uh, i'm just not seeing it so i'm i'm not gonna give them that chance yeah, and I think that is more than fair. I am um I'm going to say this, if they're under 700,000 again on Friday, man, you I don't know what they need to do to rebond after that because that's just you know, there there's no reason theoretically they should be that low still unless they've just run people off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and the, 
as I said earlier, like I don't think they're promoting like anything. I mean, this week they, you know, they tried to do the the Daniels Pentagon uh, grudge match, and all right, that may have been a little bit cold. Like that's not a huge match. The the Janela Moxley thing probably should have been a bigger deal, but Janela. They they haven't done a good job introducing Janela to the audience. They've just thrown him out there, and he's been beaten. Like they finally gave him promo time this week, but they hadn't done anything previous. Like his big acceptance to the challenge was on a fucking GCW show, where he just showed up and accepted this challenge on GCW. Like it didn't even happen on Dynamite, and the the stuff they're promoting for upcoming weeks, like. I don't think it, it's like super hot stuff. You're putting Cody in there with QT Marshall and, and the Butcher and the Blade. Like Cody's one of their biggest stars. Who could possibly be excited about that that stuff? And then Jericho, yeah, he should be excited. People do like Jungle Boy, but at the same time, you're going to tell us records matter, and then you're going to give Jungle Boy the, this title shot. Like, okay, do records matter? Then it's just very they're saying sometimes they're saying one thing and then they're given something else and that can be very off putting like that's how WWE has run off fans over the past few years is they they say one thing and they give you something else and and that's not a way to maintain your fan base. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna find out some interesting stuff here on Friday. Again, if it's if it's still below seven, dude, that's that's a major problem. What what do you? I don't want to say gun to your head, but what do you think? Who who is going to win this week? I really think NXT is probably going to win because they just they had a really good show last week. They had the numbers advantage, and to your point, what you brought up, it doesn't feel like AEW's really thrown out. Like there was interesting stuff for this week, but there was also interesting stuff last week. When theoretically they should have done all right, but they didn't. And I just, I'm not feeling an AEW win. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they win. I think the only way they win is if they, obviously have a rebound and for some reason NXT crashes. I just, I'm not feeling an AEW win at all this week in the ratings. I, I think an AEW will be up. I, I do buy into the thanksgiving travel stuff like i can buy i can buy that reasoning i still think it's alarming the the number of viewers they've lost and i I think it's alarming how the 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 demographic has slipped uh i do think they'll be up i i think nxt will win as well just because they've proven i mean the first two weeks you can almost throw out because they they weren't against aew since the AEW debut, they've been fairly consistent every week. Like there, there's going to be the fluctuation because that's how it goes. But for the most part, there, there hasn't been like they've dropped, but they, they've the, that core is still kind of there. And we've seen with Raw and SmackDown over many, many years, like that core is is going to stay there through just about anything. And and for NXT, for right now, the the core is there. And I think Survivor Series was big. I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. Survivor Series, they were put over strong. They got a lot of promotion on that card. They got a lot of promotion on on Raw and SmackDown leading into that card and then the following night on Raw. And you know, the the audience, they see these guys as kind of stars now. So, 
you know, that WWE audience that maybe wasn't watching NXT previously because they're like, oh, we're already watching Raw and SmackDown. Why do we got to watch this show? Now they're seeing like, okay, maybe we got to watch this show. So, um, yeah, like that WWE knew what they were doing with that. And we, we said that coming out of that show that, you know, they, they knew what they were doing trying to do that stuff, and we didn't care why they did it, but they, they did it, and it, it worked at least for last week, and I think it's going to continue to to be a big thing for NXT moving forward. I, I think NXT is winning the week as well. I do think AEW uh, will be back. I don't know if they'll be at 800,000. Um, I think they'll, they'll be over 700,000, though. I hope so for their sake because it's, it's, it's going to be a big problem if they're not. So... I, I think they yeah it, it is it, it is because if if they're not then it does show that all right last week was not a travel thing and it's just those fans aren't there anymore and and that's that speaks to a bigger issue so uh so that is going to wrap us up for tonight jeremy uh thank you for your time buddy yes i'm here all day every day that's right. So again, you guys were listening to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, 411 Mania, and all your major um, podcasting platforms. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, share us around on social media, leave us a five-star review, and until next time, we will talk to you later. <laughs>